Welcome everyone, you are listening to Under the Olive Tree. I am your host, Sausan Kadura. With me on the phone from Vancouver, Hanna Kawas. Hanna is the chairperson of the Canada-Palestine Association. And today with Hanna, we are having a sort of follow-up interview. Um, if you remember last time I talked with him, it was before the election. The interview was about a new campaign at that time that was launched by the Canada-Palestine Association before the election. And the campaign was called hashtag I vote Palestine. And it was a list of questions that the Canada-Palestine Association was calling on people to send to their electoral districts candidates to see what these candidates would, would respond on various issues related to Palestine. And hopefully afterwards, vote accordingly. So the questions were in relation to Palestine. And so basically through the responses that uh, people will get from their candidates, they see who supports human rights and who supports basically occupation and apartheid in the Middle East, or who's an apologist, I guess, for these crimes, and take that information in consideration when voting. So the association also sent the list of questions to all the political parties to see if they would get official responses from the parties themselves. And from the main political parties in Canada, I believe the NDP was the only one to respond. And uh, we did discuss uh, we did discuss that uh, on our last interview with Hannah. We discussed the responses from the NDP uh, that that the Canada Palestine Association got from the NDP. And at that time, there was a little bit of optimism because of the answer they gave. So that was good at that time. But a few weeks ago, and that's the reason behind this kind of follow up interview, the leader of the NDP, Jagmeet Singh, attacked BDS during a roundtable that was aired on CIJA's website. So CIJA stands for Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs, and it's known Zionist kind of organization in Canada. So before we start the discussion, I do want to play the clip uh, from Jack Singh about uh, the BDS and about BDS in particular. So you guys know what we're talking about. And throughout the interview, I'm going to play a couple of other clips as well. So uh, throughout the interview as well, but I'm going to start by playing the clip of uh, about BDS. So I, I should reiterate really clearly the official position of the New Democratic Party is that we do not uh, endorse BDS. The issue has been raised in convention and has been was defeated in convention and it is not a part of our policy. As leader, it is not something that I advance and I promote and support in the sense that it is not the path to peace that uh, I don't believe it's a path to peace. And I also support the notion that it has, in, instead of helping achieve peace, it has perhaps the opposite effect um, in creating more tension and more division. And particularly as it plays out in student campuses, I think, uh, to, to Sophie's point, it has shown to create tensions and an unsafe climate and so I, I agree with, well, I don't support it as a path forward. It's not the path I support for it. Uh, I'm in a, a bit of a tricky position because I do believe in defending the, the right of, of thought and speech so people can, can believe and think and express themselves the way they want. Uh, it is not the path I support. And so as a, as a party, we don't support it. But I haven't taken a position to say that it should be banned as a, an outlet of thought. But um, I've made it really clear I don't think it's the right way forward. So I, I don't support it, and it's not the path of the New Democratic Party. But I haven't taken that next step to say that it should be um, 
banned as a as a thought, though I am very sensitive to and, and appreciate the problems that it, it raises. It uh, it creates a bit of a moral conundrum of, of of where to draw the line of of limiting thought. But I can I can reiterate the party's commitment and my commitment that it is not our path forward and it will not be. So that was Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the NDP, sort of criticizing and really attacking BDS. And uh, again, that was a, during a roundtable that was published on Sija's website. So progressive and Palestine solidarity activists in Canada condemned this, com uh, this comment. And so today I have with me Hannah Kawas, and like I mentioned in a follow-up interview on the NDP. And last time I talked to Hannah, it was before the elections. So like I said, there was a bit of optimism, a small you know, uh, hope uh, that was created before the election. And so today I'm going to talk with Hannah to see if that optimism is still sort of there. So thank you very much for talking to me today, Hannah. Thank you for inviting me. But just to remind our listeners, so before I want to get your reaction on this comment, can you first before maybe remind our listener briefly, what was the type of question you guys asked uh, as part of the I Vote Palestine campaign? And what type of answer did you get at that time that was seen as a sort of somehow positive? Yeah. Yeah. In, in general, the answers to all the questions were positive. They, they said, uh, we asked them about the Palestinian inalienable right to, to self-determination, and they said, yes, we committed to protection of Palestinian human rights, including the inalienable rights to self-determination. They expanded it, you know. <laughs> we asked them about the right to self-determination. They said protection of Palestinian human rights, including that. And then we asked them um, uh, about, uh, you know, uh, the violation of uh, uh, Israeli uh, system, the ethnic cleansing, war crimes, and apartheid, and they said, we oppose all human rights abuses committed by Israel, including killing Arbiter. You know, they, they, they included everything there, so that was positive also. And the three things, actually there is five questions relating to the BDS movement, three of them indirectly, and two of them directly. We asked them uh, about the, the three that were indirect is the basis for the BDS movement. Uh, and I'll uh, uh, read them. Uh, do you recognize the fundamental rights of the Arab Palestinian citizen of Israel to full equality? Yes, we stand for full equality of Arab Israelis and against the discrimination that exists against them in Israel today. The second question, do you respect, protect, and promote the right of Palestinian refugees to return to their homeland and properties as stipulated by UN Resolution 194? The answer was, we fully support UN resolutions with respect to Israel and Palestine, including UN General Assembly Resolution 194. And the third one, do you support ending Israeli occupation and colonization of all Arab lands and dismantling the wall? The answer was yes. Canada should play a more active role in calling for the end of Israeli occupation of Palestinian land. These the three are the basis, as well you know, they are the basis of the BDS movement. And, uh, you know, if there is no 
if these are met, if these uh, conditions are met, there won't be a, a boycott movement, a BDS movement, because the conditions uh, that uh, uh, included in the BDS and why the BDS was formed is to implement these three, uh, three conditions. Uh, the other two ones relating to the BDS were direct, you know, do you oppose condemning or criminalizing people or organization who support the BDS movement? Mm -hmm. And the answer was simple, yes, yes, period. Uh, the second one, do you oppose anti-Palestinian, anti-democratic and politically charged IDF? Uh, no, not this one, actually. This, this is, again, we ask them this, but I'll talk about it a bit later. But the other one, do you recognize the right of Canadians to support the boycott, divestment sanctions, the BDS movement, as a nonviolent strategy to force Israel to abide by UN resolution and all international humanitarian laws? And the answer again, yes, period. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the answer directly to these, yes, and the other three were clear with the basis for the BDS movement. They were clear on them that they uh, support these objectives of the BDS movement. Uh, so the, these are uh, basically uh, the main the main questions. There were nine questions. The the other one was about the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism, which he. Or again, uh, reversed his, their position on it. Uh, they they answered because we asked them, do you oppose the anti-Palestinian, anti-democratic, and politically charged IHRA definition of anti-Semitism? Their answer was, we believe the government of Canada must have a clear definition of anti-Semitism, so we can better gauge, report, and work towards ending it. We have some concerns that the IHRA definition and its associated examples couldn't undermine those who wish to speak out in favor of the human rights of the Palestinians. So these, these are the main questions, really. Uh, they were nine, and people could uh, uh, check on our website in details about these questions. Uh, just uh, search for uh, hashtag I vote Palestine, and they'll be there. Uh, the, the original and the response of the uh, NDP, and also we we uh, put uh, a, a kind of position of the Liberal Party through their answer to the Bene B'rith, the right-wing uh, neo-fascist organizations in Canada. Uh, but these were them, and uh, you know we were optimistic because. Uh, we didn't think this is just electioneering propaganda, you know, or they wanted just our vote because they put it public. And they similarly answered the Bene B'rith uh, in a similar fashion that didn't contradict with this. So we thought, you know, they, they were serious uh, in their positions. But uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Jagmeet Singh proved us wrong. So yeah, so that would lead us to his latest comments about BDS that I just played. Did you were you surprised? What what was your reaction to it? Uh, really, a reaction of outrage, and we felt we were betrayed and lied to, because uh, his position contradicts all the uh, position of I vote Palestine, 
And I don't know what motivated him. Maybe he thought this is just a discussion between him and seizure, and it's not going to be publicized, which is possible, you know. I think they they were trying to uh, to create contradictions, and they're trying to bury the NDP because it's the uh, main alternative uh, to the liberals and the conservative on the political scene. And they thought, you know, this way they'll serve the liberals and the the conservative by uh, exposing them and making contradiction within the ranks and file of the uh, NDP uh, uh, party. Uh, I think also, uh, you know, uh, the, he, he served this purpose, Mr. Uh, Singh, and he obliged them because uh, the, his answers and his positions reflected a lack of uh, leadership and uh, an opportunism on his part. He wanted to win both sides, but you can't do that. You know, you either with justice or you are pro-war crimes and apartheid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the answer he put, uh, like the, the one you um, uh, uh, played uh, part of it, uh, that uh, the BDS create tension and divisions uh, and it doesn't advance peace and it's not the right path forward. These are uh, from uh, his mouth. He didn't say why. <laughs> I mean, BDS, BDS stands for, as I said, for uh, justice inside Israel-Palestine in, in, uh, for the Palestinians who are Israeli citizens. Second, it uh, calls for ending the occupation, which they are for, again, and they are for uh, equality inside Israel. And the third one for the right of return of the Palestinian people. And again, they said they are for all United Nations resolutions. So uh, if the whole movement is based on these three pillars and these three uh, objectives, uh, so why you are against it, uh, Mr. Singh? He didn't tell us why and why it doesn't advance peace. The only thing that advance peace is to force Israel to abide by United Nations resolution and to stop the expansion, to stop the settlement, stop the confiscation of land, and stop killing people and stop, you know, uh, practicing uh, uh, brutal occupation on the Palestinian people, whether through uh, checkpoints, whether passes, uh, passes law that you, they, they give to the Palestinian permits, they call them permits, but they are really passes law, like in South Africa. You know, if you don't stop all these things, how are you going to advance peace? And uh, he, he really uh, failed to tell us why BDS, uh, you know, uh, doesn't advance peace. And also he failed to tell us or to tell the people in general that he was behind blocking the BDS resolution that was sponsored by 30 riding associations at their convention in, uh, in um, 2018, uh, just two years ago. He was behind it, and he he blocked it from uh, uh, passing. Although, as I said, 
30 riding association endorsed that resolution and uh, the, the, what he did and he admits that he blocked it basically he he was against uh, passing such a resolution uh, in the in the in the round table he admitted that that he he stood against and he will stand against that again against any bds resolution what was fascinating for me because i did listen to the entire round table if people want to listen to it it's an hour and 20 minutes and mm-hmm. right after, so he was asked about BDS, and this is what he answered. For people who don't know, BDS stands for Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions. So it's the concept of using boycott and sanction as a means to put pressure on the government. So he said he was against it, and he smeared it completely when it comes to the ca- case of Israel. But then two questions later, when he was asked about Iran, and to mm-hmm. clarify the statement of the NDP about uh, the need to, I think, to normalize the relationship with Iran, he said, and I'm quoting, "I would support and con- I would support continuous sanction uh, against Iran to denounce behavior or policies that I think are wrong. But I think having a line of communication is important." So he was clarifying their his stance and the NDP stance about what they meant about normalizing this relationship is as he wants to keep a line of communication, but he said very clearly he supports the use of sanctions against Iran if we want to denounce behavior or policies. But then the mm-hmm. same concept is completely denounced when it comes to Israel. Yeah, and uh, also it's worth noting that the Canadian government has uh, sanctions against 20 countries, mm-hmm. you know, the liberal government. Um, 10 or 11 of them in the Middle East. And these uh, countries in the Middle East, uh, which includes Iran for sure, uh, these uh, countries uh, don't include Israel or Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. It shows you the hypocrisy. And he's no, really, he's no better than the liberal government or the conservative government when it comes to sanction and double standards. Although the the two I mentioned, Saudi Arabia and Israel, are the most uh, violators of human rights because they put these sanctions supposedly to protect human rights, which is uh, again nonsense. They they criticize Saudi Arabia and uh, the 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 ceiling uh, fell on their uh, heads, you know, be, basically from Saudi Arabia, and they retract they retreated back, and they didn't put sanctions on Saudi Arabia. So it, it shows you the hypocrisy and the double standards, really, of the Canadian government and all all Canadian uh, party official, you know, the the major parties in Canada, including the NDP. So many talked about his comments on BDF, uh, BDS, sorry, and that was the main problematic moments of the um, of the roundtable. But there was the entire kind of hour. There was a lot of problematic uh, moments, and even the language he used. He was very timid, to say the least. I'm trying to be nice, to not uh-huh. say worse. That the way he was talking about Israel, I don't think he mentioned even the word occupation. I wanna just no. for for uh, people just to compare. So they know a little bit about this kind of political uh, uh, flip-flopping, I guess. Uh, I want to first play a clip from uh, Jagmeet Singh responding to Eve Angler during, I think, uh, it was an event before the election. Maybe uh, he was uh, given a talk before the election and Eve Angler 
interrupted the talk and asked him about Palestine. And so I want to play what he said and what type of language he played. Uh, he, s he said during that clip. And after that, I'm going to play a clip from the, the round table of Syria to see the difference in the tone. So this is first mm -hmm. when he talked about Palestine responding to Eve Engler. Mm -hmm. I'll, just, I'll just quickly respond to the question on, on Palestine. Um, what's happening in Palestine is there's not the words to describe the inhumane treatment of the people. Uh, I've gone to the West Bank and seen what it likes, uh, just a little bit, a very small glimpse of what it's like to live under, under occupation, uh, to have to have military checkpoints just to go from one spot to another. I met a young woman who talked about the checkpoint meant that she could no longer go to university because a checkpoint meant she could never get to school on time. Something as simple as going to school she couldn't do because of a checkpoint. Uh, so it's horrible. It's very difficult what's going on for people there. Uh, the conditions are very deplorable. We all know about the conditions in Gaza. Uh, and so I am always going to call out injustice where it exists. Okay, so that was uh, from, uh, from this talk. Um, the talk he gave before the election when he responded to Eve Angler. So he was talking about Palestine. Now, if we're going to compare this to this clip, so this clip I took from the same round table and it was really the introduction. So before he got, to, uh, he, he started answering question, he just gave an introduction uh, to the event. And so this is something that he mentioned at the beginning of the event. I had a great trip with Sija to, to, to uh, Israel. And in that trip, one of the things that I think folks remarked, because I found the nation building and the history and the story uh, phenomenal. The idea of bringing back language and the story of kind of the founder of bringing back Hebrew, the idea of speaking Hebrew to his child and that being a way to give the gift of the first child that would, would be able to speak it as, as his mother tongue. And then from there to walk the streets of Jerusalem and to walk the streets of uh, Tel Aviv and hear kids talking in Hebrew, a pretty powerful story of reviving a language that was not dead in the sense of it was, it was still taught and learned and, and read, but not spoken. And to see a language revived in such a dramatic fashion is beautiful to see that. And to see the, the foundations of human rights, respects for uh, LGBTQ communities, respects for rights of women, um, to see the judicial system, uh, it was phenomenal to be able to see the the nation building that had occurred and the, the reason why so many Jewish Canadians feel their sense of identity deeply connected with Israel. I want to acknowledge that as something. <coughs> Having gone there, I can understand why that's the case and I appreciate that. And I guess I raise that because I, I really believe in the project, the movement, the idea that people who have faced a genocide felt... Um, homeless and without a place of safety and security and the, and the necessity to have a place of security and safety is a, a powerful idea. I'm from a community that's also faced genocide and I, and I understand very deeply the idea of not having a place where you feel safe and the idea of having that safety and security is, is something that I support. So you'll always find me as someone that believes very firmly in the right to exist and the right to defend that existence. Um, and there is a conflict, of course, and I, and I want to acknowledge that that conflict is, hurts everyone. That conflict is not limited to one side. A conflict hurts everyone involved. And there is a, a collective goal to have peace for everyone. And I think that there is a path for that. It can be achieved. We've been able to achieve incredible things in human history. We've 
seen horrible things happen, but also magical and amazing things happen. And I believe that the, the goal of creating a peaceful coexistence is achievable. And that requires acknowledging responsibility on, on all sides to achieve that. And, and I'll try my best to always be an advocate for a, a measured and principled and balanced approach to finding solutions to peace. So I don't know what you think about that. For me, when I listen to these two clips, I see a clear sort of contradiction in tone. I don't know if you if you agree with me. In the first one, he was, you know, talking about occupation and the horrible situation for people in Palestine and Palestine to live under occupation and the checkpoint and the horrible kind of life that they live in. And then the second one, he goes on and prays about the the state building and the foundation of Israel and the founder of Israel and the, and the human rights mm -hmm. of Israel and gay rights and women rights, which are, are the usual talking points of Zionist and the ju judiciary system in Israel and so on. So that con and even when he he mentioned at the end that there's something going on there and he says it's a conflict like he doesn't even talk about occupation. It's just a conflict mm -hmm. that we need to solve. So I guess that's my reaction to it. I don't know if you agree, but I do find these two clips yeah. very... Mm. Yeah, I, I think uh, Sousan really, the the tone and the basis of all his argument is uh, clearly uh, Israeli Hasbara points. You know, when he talks that BDS is anti-Semitic, when he says uh, singling out Israel, the, uh, when he mentioned about IHRA is a, a useful tool, you know, all these are really Israeli position and Zionist position. Uh, I just wanted to clarify that because this is important. Uh, all these uh, arguments are designed to shield Israel from criticism and accountability. And if he doesn't realize that, he fell in the trap of the Zionist uh, Hasbara. Uh, but back to the Jewish state nation building experiment, which he praised, does he realize uh, what the uh, uh, Israeli uh, nation, uh, uh, Israeli nation state law mean? Or what is it all about? Uh, I'll just quote the chair, chairman Ohana of the Israeli Knesset. He said about this law, he said, everyone has human rights, but national rights in Israel belong only to the Jewish people. This is the founding principle of which the state was established. So is he supporting denying the national rights of the 20% of Israelis, which are uh, non-Jews, uh, uh, Christians or Muslim, is Mr. Singh saying that? And is he supporting, uh, you know, th uh, this nation's uh, building experiment based on discrimination? Also, there is dangerous aspect of this Jewish state nation building experiment. He's really saying Israel is, is the Jewish state. Israel represents all the Jews. By doing that, you are playing in the hands of the anti-Semites, that since Jews have their nation state, they shouldn't be here. They should, you know, uh, uh, go to their own countries 
and not have dual uh, loyalty. Mm-hmm. So uh, by doing that, he's really playing in the hands of the anti-Semites. And this is, no, no, it's not just him. Actually, it's all the whole political establishment, including uh, Trump, did that with his new laws in the U.S. But, you know, by doing that, they are promoting anti-Semitism. And this doesn't conflict with Zionism, because Zionism depends on anti-Semitism. Without uh, anti-Semitism, there is no uh, Israeli state. Uh, And, uh, you know, the other thing, you know, which really attracted my attention uh, on the same breath, that uh, he mentioned as one of the achievements of Israel is its contribution to technological innovation. Mm -hmm. He forget to mention that this technological innovation includes military hardware, military equipment, and he forget to mention that Israel is the main uh, supplier of military equipment to India, uh, his uh, previous home country. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, does he uh, approve of this technological innovation? Did he approve of the technological innovation of Nazi Germany? Doesn't mean much. I mean, to have technological innovation, every country in the world has technological innovation, and uh, Israel is not m- more superior than others unless you are supremacist and believe in the supremacist ideology that we are better than everybody else, the same ideology that led to Nazism in Europe. So uh, I think he, he fails on many aspects there, and again, he fits into the Israeli Hasbara, and he fell in their trap, because really this is what they want. i just like to mention also that the NDP prevented the liberals from having a majority in the last elections. So the the Zionists weren't happy with that uh, because the liberals now, their hands are tied. So they wanted to create contradiction and he fell into their trap and he really um, obliged them. And it is up to the uh, NDP members now to stand up and say enough is enough, Jagmeet, uh, we we are for human rights. We are for all the things that we said before the elections in in their response to the Canada Palestine Association questionnaire. And it, it's uh, basically it wasn't really a questionnaire by only Canada Palestine Association. There were 22 other uh, organizations, including uh, independent Jewish voices. Uh, they were uh, part of the campaign, the I Vote Palestine campaign. And they took a good position, by the way, on on uh, uh, his roundtable. They uh, just an um, executive member of uh, Independent Jewish Voices has published an article in Rabel uh, under the title, Why is Jagmeet Singh Ignoring Progressive Voices on Palestine? And as I said in some other interviews, uh, Sousan, Mm -hmm. really what he's doing is shooting himself in the foot (laughs) and shooting his party in the foot. Uh, Because, first of all, these uh, uh, Zionist organizations, Sija, uh, are not not, going to vote for him. Actually, after the podcast was... uh, 
uh, put uh, on their website uh, a leader, uh, a leading uh, figure in the Zionist movement uh, from the Benebris, Harry Abraham, uh, co- uh, you know, commented on this uh, uh, podcast saying, uh, lying through his teeth, Sing <laughs> NDP refused to dump Marianne Gallo, the, their Jew-hating candidate in Montreal. You know, you see, so, uh, you know, he's really uh, uh, not winning, uh, not with, the, with his base, nor with the Zionist establishment, because uh, Harry Abraham represents uh, the, the B'nai B'rith, you know, and, uh, you know, it's clearly they didn't, uh, they weren't happy even if uh, he told them anything they wanted, although he did, but they, they didn't believe him. And by doing so, they're creating contradictions uh, in, inside the NDP. They're creating uh, the first uh, block in their demise. They are in the NDP demise. So, and they are playing on uh, this contradiction to serve who? You know, it's clear, you know, to serve the uh, major parties, the the liberals and the conservative, which they usually vote for. They're not going to vote for NDP. So uh, I want to finish with uh, maybe another clip. Just um, so we talked already about how Jack Singh was repeating really the talking points of Zionists. Uh, we already heard him using this talking point about how Israel um as a place for human rights for women and gays right this appropriation of women's struggle and and gay rights uh, movement to sort of distract from uh, the crimes that israel is doing uh, against palestinian these campaigns of whitewashing we talked about it a lot on the show this is one of the sort of foundation of the zionist talking points and propaganda another talking points you also you already mentioned it but i'm gonna play a clip that kind of reflect that, which is this whole idea that Israel is single out and that's the only country that is being criticized. So I'm going to play this clip. Mm-hmm. When someone raises, you know, human rights violations, um, perhaps, or human rights violations that have been committed by um, Israeli military, and then they say that in some inflammatory language as the worst human rights violations happening in all the Middle East. And I say, well, you got Saudi Arabia, that that is implicated in the potential murder of of a journalist uh ongoing war with yemen and killing the yemenis and uh horrible mistreatment of their own citizens and women i mean i think it's those type of comments are inflammatory and inflammatory comments can contribute to a climate that suggests that it's okay to to target uh jewish people and i I think there is a, a bit of a uh, unfair differential focus on Israel over other human rights violations that happen around the world. So this is sort of the continuous of the myth that only Israel is being criticized. In the last 20 minutes where we were talking, we already talked about India, Saudi Arabia, all other countries are criticized. And we mentioned when Israel is singled out. And it's really when uh, by people like Jagmeet Singh, who just doesn't don't want to apply you know, or support sanctions against the Israeli government, although he supported against Iran, for example. So that's an example of singing it out. And he just oh. flipped the scenario. And that's just the usual, very cliche at this point, talking point of Zionists. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and also, you know, I think it's important to note that uh, maybe we didn't talk about it uh, in his uh, position there. Um, 
he defended uh, the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism, and he said it is an educational tool, mm-hmm. you know, to and you know to say that is really uh, buying into the Zionist uh, propaganda machine and uh, the, the Zionist narrative, because as uh, the um, the examples that the IHRA definition has, they have 11 examples of anti-Semitism. Seven of these uh, examples uh, are, uh, you know, examples if you oppose Israel in any way or form or any shape or form. Uh, one of them, if you question uh, that Israel is a, a racist state, you know, is an apartheid state, then you are anti-Semitic. Uh, so all these seven examples uh, out of the 11 are the, uh, really protecting Israel. And I, as I said before, you know, all these uh, uh, things, uh, including the IHRA, are designed to shield Israel from criticism and accountability. Singling out Israel is one of them. This propaganda machine because I mean people don't single out Israel they criticize everybody else as you said and singling out of Israel because Israel it violates uh, human rights uh, code it violates uh, international law it violates uh, numerous uh, United Nations General Assembly and Security Council resolution not just uh, General Assembly resolution, but even Security Council resolution. The latest example is the last one in in uh, 2018 against the Israeli settlements. They keep building, they keep confiscating land. So uh, is can they singling out any country that does that with impunity? Uh, no, you can't. Because why? Because of the support of the West, headed by the U.S and supported by Canada also. That's why they get away with murder. Basically, they they consider Israel the sacred cow, you know, and they act as such. So, again, uh, Mr. Singh is really out of line on all these issues, and he is helping the Israeli narrative, and that's why we upset. And, you know, also he said something else, you know, that the progressive Zionist, as if there is such a, a thing, progressive Zionist, <laughs> I mean, either you are a, a Zionist that supports uh, settler colonialism in Palestine, or you're not, you know, there is no such progressive Zionist. He say progressive Zionist had a home in the NDP, you know, it, it shows that how uh, he's been uh, brainwashed and uh, that he's counting on some of their votes, which is nonsense. I mean, he, he doesn't read uh, uh, the map uh, uh, right, uh, and he's not serving uh, his party by doing that. And again, I wish... Uh, the NDP membership will uh, will show a, a backbone and stop this nonsense and, uh, you know, uh, stop this uh, uh, pampering to uh, Zionism and its supporters in Canada. Yes, so before I end, so you mentioned IHRA. I don't have the clip uh, with me, but yes, like you mentioned, he, he talked about how uh, at the beginning, when he was asked first, he was talking about how it could be a tool maybe to educate, but also he was worried that maybe that uh, would stifle uh, criticism of Israel if it became legal definition. 
And then at the end of the talk, he by himself brought it up again and started bra- praising the IHRA definition again and saying it could be a tool for education. He sort of by himself went on to defend the IHRA definition without even being asked about it at the end of the talk. So I guess I want to, after all these examples were already mentioned, and again, if people want to listen to the entire roundtable, as I mentioned, the entire thing was problematic. Just his tone, like I mentioned, I don't think he even mentioned the word occupation throughout this. Yeah. Barely the word Palis- barely the word Palestinians. I think he, the first time he mentioned it is when actually someone from the audience asked him about it. So I guess at the end, I want to ask you, what is what progressive and Palestine solidarity activists um, should do now? Do they can they keep being optimistic about the NDP? Do they just focus on the level of the membership? The the one thing I want to mention when he talked about BDS, one thing that I was worried about, not only he attacked BDS, but also he mentioned and he says that they're against BDS but he hasn't taken the position to you know stop people from talking about it because he was talking about freedom of expression but the way he phrased that it's it was worrying a little bit to me because he was saying you know I'm against BDS but I still didn't take this next step to stop people from talking about it because it's tricky so he wasn't it made me wonder would he eventually oh. sort of support motions to uh, stifle or stop people from talking BD- about BDS yeah, it's, it's, I think he mentioned uh, that that uh, he didn't allow it inside the NDP, uh, yes. which meaning I think he was referring to his position in in the convention in uh, uh, 2018, where they blocked this BDS resolution. He said there is no place for the BDS inside the party. Something along this wording, you know. So uh, uh, he was clear that he's not going to allow it in in the in the convention or in any other uh, uh, democratic uh, uh, venues that the NDP has. Uh, I thought that was uh, clear to me from uh, listening to his uh, roundtable. But do you think on um, a federal level, like on a governmental level, they might actually eventually end up maybe supporting a motion against BDS like the one that was passed by Liberal or something? No, I think, no, they're not going to do that because it uh, hurts the free speech uh, uh, clause in the constitution and they're not going to be that uh, and they did vote already against it under this pretext not because they support the BDS but because of the free speech uh, section which is supported by most uh, human rights organizations uh, including uh, you know the the organizations the local uh, organization for human rights uh, across Canada uh, so I, I I will doubt they will do that. The, the base won't tolerate that. And again, your question is, what's what's our direction should be? I think it is uh, there is the base of the NDP, and clearly from previous polls, the base of the NDP uh, not only uh, supports the human rights for the Palestinian, but also for sanctions against the uh, Israeli state. So uh, we have the base there, and I think the NDP membership 
at one point will revolt and tell them enough enough to this establishment to the establishment of the NDP and this will be positive I think there'll be setback uh, to the NDP in certain elections but it is important that uh, NDP members should stand for their principle and for what is right uh, not for the convenience of the uh, in their election and etc because this loses them uh, in the elections because many people uh, across the Canada proved through against through polls conducted by IGV uh, that uh, you know the public supports sanctions against Israel and uh, they are uh, not uh, uh, for uh, human rights abuses and uh, apartheid that Israel practice against uh, the Palestinian people. This is one thing. The other thing, I think, we should solidify uh, the work, basically the BDS work, and show that, uh, as in South Africa, it is a viable tool to stop apartheid in Palestine. That's the second thing. Third, I think it's important also we have a base inside the uh, Green Party that passed a good resolution on uh, sanctions against Israel without mentioning BDS movement, although, uh, again, the leader of the Green Party uh, tried to uh, downplay the importance of that resolution and uh, at some points... uh, uh, worked against this resolution. So the, we have a base there too. I think we should solidify that base inside the uh, Green Party. And the, the, you know, the future is ours and the, the struggle won't be de- de- determined in Canada. It will be determined in Palestine and on the uh, battlefront in the Middle East in general against U.S. imperialism and its base in the Middle East that's called Israel. Mm-hmm. With me on the phone, Hanna Kawas. Hanna is the chairperson of the Canada Palestine Association. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Sausan. I am your host, Sausan Kadura, and you are listening to Under the Olive Tree.